Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Boston, Massachusetts, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. All right, it's time for another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights with your host, Stone Payton, and my co-host, Holly Payton. Also in the studio this morning, we have with us our good buddy with Training Pros, Mr. Dan Collier. How are things going down at that end of the table, man? It's going very well this morning, Stone. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, that first segment was a lot of fun. Uh, that lady was very passionate and, and driven, but I'm sure no less so than our, than our guest this morning. It is my distinct pleasure to introduce to you from the Full Bridge program. She is co-CEO. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Miss Candace Carpenter. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Well, we are delighted to have you on the show Uh I've come across a few co-CEOs, <laughs> but I have to ask, even yes. before we really dive into the real interview, what is it like being a co? Well, <laughs> I will also say my co is my husband, uh-huh. <laughs> and I think it would be really, you have to ask our team members what it's like, really, what that's <laughs> like. I would say that the investors get probably about 20 hours a day out of us because we're always talking about and moving the business. Um, and they get two people with, who have both been CEOs. Uh, my husband ran Random House and built it into a very large company, $2.5 billion company. And I'm yeah, a little company some of us may have heard <laughs> exactly. of. Exactly. <laughs> and I built uh, iVillage, which is more entrepreneurial um, social network. Uh, so I think together we're, we're a little bit of a twofer, I think. So and, and we're very seamless, I think. What would you say, Stefan? You're in the company. No, I would absolutely agree. You, um, there's always someone available and attentive <laughs> to whatever the needs of the business are. That's well yeah. said, but then we have to recognize you are in a sales and marketing role. That's so true. You, He's yeah. got to say cool. that. That's yeah. true. But what a perfect yeah. segue for me to introduce my co, my roommate for some 25 or 26 uh-huh, years, great. I should probably know, uh, Holly Payton, uh, but also uh, very experienced in the learning development yes. training uh, arena and the one who has most of the questions great. for you, I think. Uh, so, so glad to have you joining us. Uh, Holly, did, you probably had a question or two of Candace while she's I here. I do, but I would really like to start with um, just a little bit of background on the Fullbridge program. Can sure. you talk a little bit about, about what the mission and, and what you're, you're sure. working on? I mean, our goal really is to make sure that all the young people around college age globally have the opportunity to be successful in the workplace, to enter it in a, in a very positive way as contributors, and to really have a sense of what they want to be doing and who they are. So that's our mission. It's a big mission. It, uh, I have to eat my veggies, make sure I, I keep my energy up <laughs> to get that done. <laughs> so, and, of uh, course, it begs the question, how yeah. do you do that? Yes. Well, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, when we started this four years ago, I would say that this was not an area. It, it, was, it was a problem, but it had not gotten – the data was very clear, but hadn't quite gotten the attention it's gotten since. And the solution was not at all obvious because we know executive ed and coaching, those things are all expensive. I also know from working with millennials that they don't just need to learn Excel or accounting. They need a sense of context. They need a sense of patience, a sense of who they are among other people, really drawing their focus away from themselves into the team and to their boss and to the organization. And those are pretty complex things. They need to understand how you innovate in a team, very different than your group of beer buddies that went off and did a project together in school because you didn't pick this team. You don't like that person across the table from you. There's a nerd over there and you're, you know, you know. 
But then you find out, gee, the nerd has all the answers. All of a sudden, you really <laughs> like having the nerd on your team. <laughs> now everybody's so, lying in the bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, l- working on a team is a pretty sophisticated skill. And I think employers tell us this is if they could have anything, they would like to get a millennial who comes in with sophisticated ability, not not theory, to work on a team and to understand how to do finance in Excel, but to understand it in the context. It's a story. It's a measuring card. It's, it's, a, it's a reflection of value. It's a kind of discipline, like understanding it as a story, as a part of the company's history and where it's going. So I would say in general, we're giving them, a, a, they need a bunch of skills, but it's really the bigger picture transformation that, that we really set out to accomplish. And I think we figured out how to do it. It, it took us a while, but I think we figured out how to, how to do that, how to actually consistently take a college student and turn them into the kind of person you would love to have and have hired on day one. Wow, that's encouraging. No, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, and I want yeah. to find that, find out that. Yeah. But I would, I'm so curious. I want to step back for sure. just a minute. Um, what is it about, what's changed in yeah. today? Because we've always had college hires coming yes. out. And yes. going to business, and there was always a gap there, and you yes. got experience, yes. and you learned on the job yes. how to deal in a business setting. You didn't come out of college knowing that. Absolutely. So what is so different about our world, about our business today, that is causing businesses to say, wow, I would really like when a person comes in that they know <laughs> how to work right. on a team with a, yeah. you know, that yes. sophisticated skill and so yeah. on. You're right. My husband and I laughed because we just kind of rolled out of college and, you know, people hired us and put up with us for months <laughs> and all of our mistakes and somehow we're still standing today. Um, I, it's so different. I think even an internship today is not a learning experience. It's a dress rehearsal. It is so mm-hmm. different. Well the said. clock starts the day you walk, you know, the minute you walk in the door, employers just, you know, pl- People are leaner. Companies are leaner. There's much more pressure on all companies, large and small, to compete globally. It's not. There are no really cushy spots in the business world left. So you need every single person on your payroll to, to be a contributor and not to be an obstacle to progress. And you just don't have the time. I mean, there are certain companies that, that have set up training programs. Um, but... <clears throat> By and large, most companies today do not have, they, they, their managers don't have the time to take this individual training project on with somebody. Um, so I think a young person just puts themselves at such a disadvantage if they show up and they're not ready. Because even if they've been a 4-0 student at a top school, within a week, you know, they could have shot themselves in the foot so many times. <laughs> they'd have a hard time undoing the damage. I mean, I shot myself in the foot, but everyone just put up with it back right. in the, you know, the, the right. 80s. and. Yeah, no more. So, and I would also say one thing. I think that the gap between the culture of school and work has has grown in fact because companies have become so fast moving, so demanding. And school has not really changed. It's demanding, but in a very linear way. So they learn to write a 25-page term paper really well and do their footnotes. But it's just so irrelevant. The critical thinking is useful, but the actual skills they're polishing, polishing, polishing are almost anti- I need your thoughts on this in an hour. And it may not be perfect, but if I don't get it in an hour, it doesn't really matter if it's good right. or bad because right. I've moved on as a boss. So I think that we also find employers tell us also that it's really helpful to them to get a little more self-aware 
employees. So young people will come in and they have had very little exposure to the industry's kinds of jobs. They, don't, they say I want to be an investment banker and then you ask them what does an investment banker do? They have <laughs> no idea. Right. Sounds cool. Uh, yeah, you know, so they just don't get exposed to the real world as much as they need to. And so I think the other thing employers have told us is if I get someone who is clear they want to be in this company, they have some sense of why and they have some sense of who they are. Are they more creative? Are they more analytical? Are they a team player? Are they great lone wolf? You know, if they have any insight about themselves, they can help us make that a successful relationship. And I do find millennials, I love them dearly, and they're, they're very smart, but I, I don't find them to be uh, that professionally self-aware. And it's hard. You're trying to motivate them and, and move them in the right places, and they don't help you much. You're like, what do you, you know, what do you, they just, they don't have enough information about themselves in the context of the commercial world right. to give you much data back. Right. So. Well, let me ask you, um, for yeah. folks like me, yeah. who are the baby boomer population, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. Um, what do you think that the baby boomer population could do better yes. um, in understanding some of the needs uh, yeah. and challenges of millennials to bring them on quicker? Yes. Okay, this is such a great question. I mean, I think one thing is to be aware that they do have very short time frames for what they expect in terms of their own progression. Very unrealistic. So part of it, I think, is meeting them halfway. We've just instituted a new plan inside Fullbridge where we're giving them, no one else in the company gets this because we're a young company, but we're giving them every six months a, a review and a chance to earn a little bit more money and a chance to vote a little bit more on now that they've learned a little more where they might like to track. So for most of us, it'd be a year, right? But that is way too long for, I think, for millennials. You, they are, I think you need to put the carrot faster and, um, and then basically help them become aware as quickly as they can of the kind of skills they are needing to build. Give them feedback. They really, really, I were finding they absorb feedback really readily. Um, but they need quite a bit of candid feedback because their whole lives they've been told they're just like perfect, you know? and they're geniuses for getting out of bed in the morning. So I think that we just need to really... Uh, that, that's what you and I, the mistake you and I made with our kids. <laughs> I know, I know. You're I wonderful. Think a, I think a lot of us made it because our parents told us we were terrible. So we're like, oh, fix that, you know? <laughs> then we find out, I don't know, some generation will get it right, but I don't know. But I think, you know, they're very, very interested in being better. You know, they want to be better, but they just need... I well, What I find, we have a culture of intense feedback and mentoring where... We tell them this is the way it is, you know, and it's interesting. I find them by and large pretty receptive because they don't take it as an insult. They take it as just a total newsflash like, oh, that's what you expect of me. So, for example, in Fulbridge, we teach them that there are a few traits that bosses just value out of all proportion. One is having honestly a sunny positive outlook so in college you know there's that angst-ridden age where it's very cool to be existentially angst-ridden but you know it really I do not want to come to work to Eeyore you know I'm just like I, I got <laughs> enough problems I want you to cheer me up every day and I have a few young people where when I hand them some impossible tasks they're like oh this seems so fun or oh this seems great and others who are just like you know just wow black cloud around them that's a really simple thing that some college graduates don't know it's not that they don't want 
to be, you know, they don't know how important that really is. So another would be just the idea that in college, you're in a somewhat individually competitive situation the whole time. In the workplace, the way you succeed is giving away everything you know as fast as you possibly Mm -hmm. can, bringing your team members up to speed. If you happen to know something rather than being the smartest person in the room, your job is to get everyone else to be as smart as you. They literally, I mean, why would they know that? There is virtually nothing in their training at college that would teach them that. And then I think um, in terms of finance and things, what I find is that they love good stories. They've grown up around good stories, you know. So we try to we try to work with them in terms of story. We try to tell our company as a story, talk about our culture as a story, tell story. You know, we try to teach them a lot. And in the program, we do this, too, um, through very experienced practitioners telling war stories. And they really learn well with stories. You know, I think that they've just grown up surrounded by great drama in all media. And they respond really, really well to it. I have so many questions. <laughs> um, and I'm not really sure where, where to go. Um, <laughs> sure. um, you talk about, I was fascinated when you said uh, that when you get into a, to a culture in, in, in business, your job is to give away everything you know. Yeah. Doesn't that fly in the face of a lot of business cultures that you you work with or or our business is yeah. really changing to I where think that really 21st century business is having to go this way and yes yeah. there may be an older generation that is still hoarding but you know they're not going to be around much longer if they do that because I think companies need everybody to be smart and there's way too much to know for anyone to know it all and the only way to do it is to teach each other you know that's really the most realistic way as you progress through your per- career is to learn that so yes you do find cultures I don't think millennials will stay in those cultures, frankly, anyway. So you really training them for the kind of cultures they're going to be comfortable in. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, How did you come up with the idea (laughs) of the Fullbridge program? I think it was a combination of data and seven children. And the seven children are between 20 and 35. So I've really witnessed this firsthand. And I witnessed this in kids all the way from Oxford Honors graduates, which two of my kids are, too. Um, kids who have some uh, adopted kids with some learning disabilities who have been on much more of a vocational track. So I, I feel like I got a little, little, little ex- lab going. But that actually just brought it, made it very personal. The data really was amazing. My husband taught at Harvard Business School after Random House, and I taught some seniors in top high schools. And in both cases, I was we were just shocked at how really 1950s the whole thing seemed and we're like this has so little to do with the world they're going into it just seems criminal you know that our best and brightest this is the best case so we started looking at the data and what was really exciting my husband because he grew a company globally was extremely interested in a global you know something that would be global and what we found is if you go around the world really worldwide half the graduates of college are either unemployed or underemployed so that's Mm -hmm. a huge investment by countries um second there's a whole bunch of kids not even in college you know so they're highly unemployed as well so you just have really around the world you really have the risk of some lost generations and it has to do with the fact that the school systems just have not been able to keep up and they won't change quickly so there's going to have to be an intervention or you're going to lose a a few generations in this process. So the data that got us really excited is if you go around the world and you look at employer surveys, you know, in every region of the world, what you see is the same exact list of skills that they wish these young kids had and that would make them hire them. So that's exciting because these are very different countries and yet the skills, because it is a 21st century global workplace, are really identical. And it's about 10 soft skills and hard skills and 
so that actually, we were very excited about that. And because of my tech, my technology background, I, I was very interested. I don't believe in MOOCs at all. I think MOOCs are the, you know, if you have a 10% completion rate to me, that is, that is just not an effect. We should keep looking for a better solution at that point. But I did think that technology would allow us to bring some efficiencies so that you could offer the quality of coaching you get in exec ed to this group of people and, and price it in a way that would be would really serve the market. So I think that was really the idea was take what happens to you in really good coaching, executive coaching, where a person's really trying to move you from A to B and, and use technology to bring that to these young people who do not need to just learn accounting. They need coaching, really. That's, and they love coaching. They, they just eat it up. They can't get enough of it. But it would be so cost ineffective if you mm-hmm. didn't have technology as part of the mix. So that that brings us back to the to the question yeah. of how do you yeah. move people? <laughs> You've mentioned yeah. coaching and technology. Can you yeah. talk a little bit more sure. about about how sure. your company yeah. brings these? How we do that? Yeah. So basically, we we are really a pioneer in blended learning, which which means that you have all of the curriculum is online. The difference is my husband and I both came from media, so uh, we, we see our young kids exposed every day to gorgeous media, you know, Nike and, you know, beautiful websites and apps. So we thought that's just got to be the baseline, you know, high design, because I have never seen anything as ugly as textbooks. I'm like, are these people <laughs> trying to make these things ugly? And did they forget the pictures? Um, what happened to the picture? So... You know, the first thing we said is let's make it really elegant and beautiful in a place they would like to hang out and feel respected their sense of style. Um, Second, we thought let's respect their attention span. Let's face it, I have the same attention span as most millennials. I just, you know, and no one can consume these, uh, you know, if you're going to hear something on video, it should be two minutes is kind of what the research is telling us. Mm -hmm. You can say so much in two minutes. We had David Moss explain the crash of 2008 in two minutes. Um, so it can be done. Wow. It's the first time I understood it, by the way, because it's actually so simple. I'm like, oh, I get that. That makes sense to me now. So I think that another idea was to keep it moving at a very good pace and to blend uh, because you don't have time. You don't want to replicate business school, the whole two-year nonsense. So you really have to be compressing and teaching them a large number of skills at one time. So I think the most interesting thing we learned is how to layer that. So you don't. it's not like you're learning PowerPoint. Oh, now you're learning finance. Oh, now you're learning team. It's a pretty sophisticated blend, so at every moment you're learning at least three competencies and you're being scored on those competencies. So I think one answer is we score over 100 uh, submissions that they do, and these are work assignments done on deadline. The whole thing is timed, so the deadlines are some of the most important things. They're all designed to be just a little short of what would be comfortable, <laughs> and they go nuts at first. They're like, oh, my God, you can't do this to me. It won't be perfect. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the real world. You'll never do perfect world to get work again. You know, that's just not how it operates. Um, so we're scoring all of these things, and they have a dashboard, and every day they're seeing their scores on these 10 competencies grow and the coach has a huge dashboard because the coach includes all the the soft skill badges they've been given and really has a picture of each person evolving as a young professional and can look every day and say okay this pattern's developing that this person is great in all things finance but weak on team this person is just the opposite how can i get them to you know do a better job of sharing what they know so the coach is this orchestrator because they don't have to teach and they don't have to develop curriculum it means we have around the world consistent curriculum. If we do, we're looking at a project now with that would be 500,000 students, entry level students at a large company. Um, 
and it would be global and new hires. And we can actually do that. I think we're the only company in the world that could do this with net entry level hires because this has been our obsession. You know, we, we yeah. once they get much beyond about 25, we're like, yeah, someone else is going to figure that out. <laughs> we're just obsessed <laughs> with the first five years of their career. So, um, or maybe 27, but the first five years is what we really, you Well, know, I want to ask about yeah. that because I'm finding myself becoming very enamored <laughs> with everything <laughs> you're doing. Yeah. And I wonder if you, if you have considered serving yeah. other audiences. Yes. You know, like there are plenty of skill yeah. gaps and knowledge gaps yes. for yes. me. Yes, we all have, you know, we all realize. So that. have you looked at all at serving other audiences or just gotten really good at referring old people to <laughs> other resources? We or? actually will. We will absolutely <laughs> be moving into um, programs for different kinds of people and different generations for sure. Oh, okay. But the first thing we wanted to do, there was really no nervous. one working on this, really working on this problem at a quality level that we thought was essential. We just wanted to be the best in the world, hands down, Good for at you. doing Good this. For you. And then we know there are a lot of actually easier audiences. So <laughs> once we've done this, we're like, wow, the rest is great. Right. Right. I want to learn. I have some yeah. disposable income. Yeah. I'm going to be a good client. So yes. I'll be ready when, when you Thank are. You. But <laughs> well, we know there is such a passion for, you know, lifetime. We just heard now the expert. When I wrote a book called Chapters on Career Transitions, it was it was three careers. Now it's 15 for those entering the workplace. So oh, wow. we're somewhere in between. I mean, it's it's you have to keep learning. And I think that will be really fun to work with other generations because there's a lot they'll already know you know and others we are starting with this unbelievable challenge just to to finish kind of what you're asking me so the challenge is to get them not only to understand team but to work for hours and hours and hours in a team with peer feedback and coach feedback because it's one thing to tell them here the dynamics of a team it's almost useless to tell them that right which a lot of soft skills programs do but what we do is have them work on a really hard finance problem together in a team with a deadline. And, um, and then they give peer evaluations of, of each other and of the peer leaders. And we have them do that for half of the hours of the course. So the, our, our kind of flagship is 160 hours. 80 hours is spent in a team under observation. So at the end of that, you can really say to an employer, these kids know how to work in a team, you know. And they know their weaknesses. So they know if I'm the loudmouth. They know that because they've been told that. <laughs> and if they're too shy, but they have a lot to offer, they know that now. They know they've got to step in a little more or they're just going to be lost. So, um, and they're pretty, they're good at finance. I mean, I wouldn't say we're trying to turn out Excel jockeys because that is sort of a lifetime project. But they understand that Excel is a beautiful way to communicate with certain types of people, right? And particularly for more creative people. What I always say, and I say in the video in the program is, I fell in love with Excel when I realized that it was a way I could get CFOs to fall in love with my creative ideas. So I'm like, it's just like being bilingual. And mm -hmm. so once, so we try to teach things in that kind of context. Mm -hmm. Like, this is why you're learning it. You're learning it so that you can be effective in getting what you want to have happen with more groups of people that are m different than you. And I think they, they really, and it's very inspiring to them to know why you would learn Excel, because it is a pain to learn Excel. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is not the most fun I've ever had, you know? I would really, if we have a have the time, I'd like yeah. to ask you one more question. Sure. And that is, you've talked a little bit about um, all of the pieces being scored, so you've yes. talked a little bit about measurement, but if you could, yeah. how are you measuring the success of your program? And I... <clears throat> Excuse me. Not so much for the learner, because yeah, you've talked course. about the yeah. dashboards yeah, and, yeah. and all but of that awareness, company. but for the company. Sure. Well, I would say that the client we've had for the longest uh, has done a very extensive ROI, and it's, it's about 500%. 
ROI. So it's very, very high in terms of increased retention um, because it costs, you know, it's very disruptive to lose somebody. And you lose a lot of these kids because you just can't judge them up front. Um, and also just their ability to be client-facing. They learn about sales. I mean, no one is telling these kids about sales unless they're actually kids from, you know, the best kids are kids who've been working since they're five. They know about sales, right? But other kids don't know about sales. So <clears throat> I think that they found that, um, I think relative to the price of the program, the returns are going to come in very high for almost every, every company's math will be different. But I think it's going to come in very high in terms of um, the difference between hiring a Fulbridge graduate or, or having us do Fulbridge and someone really smart off the, you know, right with their diploma in their hand. So I want to so. ask Stefan. Did I say that right, by the way, Stefan? You sure yeah. did. All Thanks. right, fantastic. How does the sales and marketing thing for this operation work? Because you're out doing business development. Is that yeah. is that true? Or are they just knocking down your door? Or you you got to go out there and kind of educate them a little exactly. bit, don't you? Exactly. Not there yet. We're, we're <laughs> hoping that the uh, door knockers are right around the corner. But yeah. um, Well, they will be now. Dan brought exactly. you to. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we currently have a, a, a team of field sales individuals that are out uh, calling on companies <clears throat> and institutions that are best aligned in terms of bringing in a significant portion of recent college graduates. Um, those are the companies where we can have the most immediate impact to add on to what Candace was saying earlier. The typical ROI is a half hour productivity gain per week for a Fullbridge graduate. We find that actually happens mostly around the communication side and how these individuals, after going through the program, are able to communicate not only with their direct superiors, but also with the individuals that they work with within teams. Um, I know personally that uh, many of them spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to write an effective email, how to convey an idea, you know, how to say something in a way that moves the conversation forward and how to be taken seriously. And those are all skills that we work on so that they are prepared to be more productive with the companies that, that bring them on board. So is there a, a, a sweet spot, a certain type of industry or, or sector that just really lends itself? Well, I think that it's really almost all of the large companies, particularly that are global because we do have this global capability uh. that don't have you know, already have invested eight-week programs. So there's not many that do have that today. Yeah. Um, but those that do, I mean, mm -hmm. I think many, some of them have actually told us they think what we're doing is probably more effective and we may start working with them, but dislodging something that's in someone's sure. baby is always a little more challenging. <laughs> right. um, I think that we've had very good success actually being half of that program and one of our first clients, we are, we're half and, and the internal team does the other half. That's proved to be a very good mix because I think it, it, it lightens the load on the internal team but it also gives them an, a very different outside perspective and so we, we have all their new employees. but. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you play yeah. really well with others. That's encouraging. Right? <laughs> so uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. the five-year picture, the, the, the five, seven-year well, horizon? Well, first of all, we're doing a lot of global work. So right now we're working with thousands of uh, young people in Saudi Arabia because there's a huge push there to basically um, – really make up for what the schools have not been able to do, which is get them mm. ready to work. And there's a lot of interest in that there. And also here, uh, we're working not only with big college systems, but also beginning increasingly to work with companies. So, I mean, I think for us, it's really just uh, sticking to our knitting and, and just being staying obsessed about this actual problem 
and we find very enlightened partners who want to go forward and work with us and build this and this is this this awareness is just growing and growing and growing so i think we're pretty bullish on uh the future of this and well as you should be keep yeah. up the good work and holly i know you're chomping at the bit with like a hundred <laughs> more, more questions we, we do need to wrap up uh yeah. this segment but we'll have her back sometime uh, yeah. th- this is yeah, uh thanks it was fun fascinating yeah, work you. that you're doing and and thanks. so important and even in our little organization with yeah. uh with business radio x i mean we have we come across these yeah these issues and concerns and they're very important yeah uh and i know all the, the client systems that you're working with dan i mean this is important right no this um this as you use the word fascinating and, and as i was listening to candace speak it's yeah. it's how much i wished your program in Fullbridge was around 25 years ago because it would have made a lot <laughs> yeah, of the work really that I've me been doing. Personally, yeah. yeah. You know, it, yeah. you say that, you know, what's going on with the millennials and, and yeah. what they're unaware of, oh, I'll, I'll argue the fact that it's they, always been true. It's probably true. It's not a new thing, it's right? It's probably true. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, to be successful yeah. in your space is going to really have a major impact yeah. on you know, a global industry and, and yeah, business. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. And kids, too, yeah. because and we kids. really want them to, we want them to really feel they can kick some serious butt. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank it you. has been an absolute thank delight you so having much. you yeah, join thank us. Stefan, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Dan, thanks for putting this thing together, man. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. This is, this <laughs> You're is, rocking I'm, and rolling. I'm learning as much today as oh. I've had in my whole career, oh, so this is great. So great. Terrific. Great. All right, thanks until so. next time, this is Stone yeah. Payton for Holly Payton, our buddy Dan Collier. Stefan and Candace and our friends at Training Pros. Uh, that's a wrap here from Harborside. We'll be back in a few. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.